You're listening to The Preacher's Corner, brought to you by In-House Productions with your host Pastor JT and Lady Fanita. You can listen to this podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Sitting with Lady Fanita right now. She did the preaching this morning at House of Deliverance of Rally, Texas. It was a interesting interesting, very interesting morning when we got to the church, the uh, computer that we used for the streaming wasn't uh, getting any power at all so we went through different uh, scenarios, trying to use a laptop, trying to use different alternatives to get the streaming done and we uh, we did record uh, with two other cameras, but that would be edited and uploaded to the YouTube channels probably later this afternoon or tomorrow, whenever I get the opportunity to do so. But this app came in handy. This app came in handy, uh, so I was able to uh, uh, press record and use this, utilize this app for recording. So we did have some type of uh, uh, recording from this morning's message. I'm going to introduce my wife, the assistant pastor, Pastor Deliverance of Crowley, Texas, Lady Fanita or Mayberry. How you feeling? (laughs) I'm feeling well, thank you. Good. Give us uh, a couple of points of uh, uh, your, your message this morning. Uh, it was a phenomenal message. It was some great affirmations. It got a little live in there. <laughs> got a little live in there. So I'm turning it over to you. Go ahead. Well, God gave me this message entitled Repositioning. And we all know that when we are changing positions or if, if something in our life needs to be changed. Change is always hard, but change is very necessary. So um, I kind of pushed the fact of um, the definition to place in a different position, to adjust or to alter the position of something, to change the image of something. And um, God led me to the book of Ruth. Um, for confirmation that he'll put you in the perfect position um, to receive. And so that's kind of where the message uh, came from, the background. And God was just letting us know today that uh, where we are is not the end of our story. Our story is not finished because a lot of times we, we have ups and downs and, you know, and, um, and we feel like this is where we're going to be forever or, we can't get our feet off the ground, and we were uh, we had confirmation today that today our story is just beginning. Amen. That he that begun a good work in us shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So we don't have anything to worry about. God wanted to um, ensure us today that we can definitely trust Him, and that He wants above everything that we prosper. And be in health even as our souls prosper. His whole plan for us is to prosper. We all know Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the plans that I think towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. God already planned our lives for us. He's already given us a hope and a future. Everything is done. On the seventh day, he rested. So a lot of times people are saying, I'm just waiting on God to open the door. I'm just waiting on God to do this or do that for me. When the fact of the matter is he's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to activate our faith so that he can move on our behalf. Amen. 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 Go ahead, go ahead. So um, he gave us a few good nuggets today. And what I really liked was when he um, 
confirm some things as far as us uh, repositioning, how God requires change in your position. When he requires this, it's a couple of reasons why he changed your, your position. And it's because you are either poorly positioned, you need improvement, or there is no clarity of purpose. There is no alignment between your actions and your purpose, or there is a gap between where you are and where God wants us to be. Isn't that something? That's good. That's good. It can either be a gap between where where we are and where he wants us to be. So when I read that, oh, and then the best one was when the repositioning phase starts, it's sometimes because God wants to bring honor and glory to himself. He wants to be glorified. And sometimes we don't give God glory until we're going through a situation. We pray about it, cry about it. And then when God works a miracle, he does something for us. Then we give him the glory. But it, we're supposed to do the opposite. We're supposed to praise him regardless to if he do it. You know, that's why I always say, if he never heals my body again, if he never, you know, works another miracle, if he don't never open another door, he has already done enough for me. Amen. He's already been good to me. Amen. For those that are just joining us, God bless you. We're discussing um, how we were able to utilize this app this morning at church after the fact that all of the the computer, for one, it wouldn't come on. I believe it was was uh, had a short, uh, had no power or anything, wasn't able to stream at all. And so I uh, was led to turn on the phone, turn on this app, and we were able to uh, use the recording from this. And that way we'll be able to use it later on on the uh, different platforms that we do have already in place. So the recording from this morning from this app came in handy. Yeah. Amen. So go ahead and continue so I came from uh, uh, Ruth, the first chapter, the first to the seventh verse, and um, I'll pull it up to read it because I think it was a very great passage of scripture. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with Ruth. And after she's done, she uh, will get an opportunity for those that want to come up, share thoughts, anything to uh, to come up and, and have words. Okay. It says, now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethel, Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech. And the name of his wife was Naomi. And the name of his two sons, Malon and Kilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there or settled there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left with her and her two sons. Her two sons then took wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Oprah, Orpha, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelled there for about 10 years. And Maon and Kilion died also, both of them. And the, women, and the women was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughter-in-laws that she might return to the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that how the Lord had visited his people and given them bread. Wherefore, she went forth out of this place where she was, and her two daughter-in-laws was with her. They went on their way to return unto the land of Judah. I like that because, uh, you know, it, it just it just shows you how 
how we serve such a divine God, one who doesn't do anything haphazardly, but everything God does is orchestrated for our good. He said, and we know that all things work together for the good of them who love God who are the called according to his purpose there you got there's reasons why you know that God is working out something for you because it says first of all all things work together for those who love him who are the called according to his purpose there there's two attributes you must possess in order for God to do what it is you need him to do in your life so i just i think that this this story was so well planned and so thought out um even though eliminate thought he was going to um another place to get away from the drought which caused famine in the land he had he was he had plenty of land and they were wealthy and they thought that um he thought he could just escape what was going on around him and go take his family elsewhere and even in doing so, he dies when he gets there. And I thought about one of the things I thought about that I didn't uh, kind of pinpoint in the service today was this. Have you ever been in a place where you know you believe you trust God for something? You believe that God was going to do it. Um, he said that he would. And because you've been waiting patiently for it, but it died. Have you ever been in a place like that where you know you heard the prophecy, you know that God showed you something, you had a dream about it, and it dies, whatever it is that God had for you? I mean, you have to you have to know that when God takes you to a place or position, he has a plan for you. But it's hard to see that when you're when you're the one that's having to walk by faith. It's easy to tell people what to do when you're not in the situation. It's easy to tell people to walk by faith and not by sight when it's not, when the shoe is not on your foot. But God led them there. And I said, it was so crazy how what took them away from uh, Bethlehem was the very thing that brought them back at the end. I love that. The thing that ran them away is the same thing that brought them back. So it's so necessary for you to be in position let God position you in the right places with the right people because he has blessings that are waiting for you. I say that because um, at the end of the story, um, they come back, Ruth and Naomi, the other daughter-in-law, she went on to be with her mom. And I say that because with them coming back to Bethlehem, they came at the beginning of barley harvest. This is another thing I didn't point out today was that barley harvest was the first ripe, the first uh, crop to ripen. It was the first crop to ripe every year. And so they came back right on time for her to subdue her land that they had to get everything that, that had been um, grown. So the thing that drove her out brought her back home and back to the house of bread. So I really enjoyed that. I think that um, it's, I mean, it gave me that faith to, to follow God, to follow after God like never before, even when I don't think that I'm in the right position. If I know that all things work together for my good, I know that God has something for me on the other side of that. There's victory on the other side, because even at the end of the story, um, it was necessary for Ruth and Naomi to get together because that's how she met Boaz. When she met him, they took care of Naomi together. They had a son together named Obed once they got married. Obed had Jesse and then Jesse had King David. And that's where the lineage of Christ comes through. So it was amazing to me how... Um, it all worked together because it was God's plan for it to work together from jump. So I love that. Um, for those of you that are joining us that are coming in, um, we are doing an overview on uh, what was preached today. The word of God preached today and it was coming from the book of Ruth, first chapter, the first through the seventh verse um, and the 22nd uh, verse. And it was entitled Repositioning, Repositioning. And one thing we know about God is that he is in the business. He specializes in repositioning. That's one of the things that I pointed out today. We serve a God who specializes in repositioning. If he knows that it's for our good, he's going to reposition us. 
So God told us today that he's going to re reposition us and take us to the next level. But there were a few things that we have to, a few attributes, a few characters that we need to pick up along the way. And he said, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love for if you possess these qualities and increase in measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our lord jesus christ but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins as well. Brothers and sisters, make sure, make every effort to make sure to confirm your calling and your election. But if you do these things, you will never stumble again. That was so good to me. If you do these things, if you follow the rules that God has laid out for us, you'll never stumble that's a sure foundation. And one thing I think that the church is really missing nowadays is that foundation. It's, it's so important to build on that foundation, to build on your most holy faith. Like um, Jude, in the, in the book of Jude, Jude said, contend for the faith. He said, fight for the faith. Because it's necessary on the, in this walk. You got to have faith. If someone wants to come up and discuss any, I have any questions, I want to discuss something, I'll make a point, just come on up. You're welcome to join us on the panel if you'd love to. Um, we would love to hear some feedback or um, your experience of repositioning, because I know that this is going to be hard. God told me this is going to be hard, but there's nothing that we cannot do. He told me it's nothing that we cannot do. He said he is here to instruct us. He said, I'm here to instruct you. I'm, I'm here to uh, guide you with my eye <laughs> and not to uh, for us not to uh, present ourselves like horses and, and, and mules, which I thought was so good because we all know that horses and mules are very stubborn and they have no understanding. He said, you don't want nobody to have to, you know, put a, a bit in your mouth or a bridle over your mouth because you're not cooperating in order for them to control you. But God said he wants to he wants to uh, lead us and guide us with his eye. So I thought that was awesome. He's also given us authority. Um, God said it in his word. He said he has given us authority that we now possess. A lot of people think that the authority that God has given is something we're going to get on down the line. He told me to let everyone know today. He has given us authority that we now possess to trade over scorpions and serpents and the ability to exercise authority over all the powers of the enemy. And nothing will in any way harm you. So I want you to remember, God never challenges you beyond your ability, but he challenges you according to your ability. So there are certain things that God has placed inside of you that require certain environments for those things to come out. So there's nothing too hard for God. We just have to do it. We have to do it. And he'll make a way of escape for us anyway, if it's too hard. That's Bible. Amen. Amen. So the floor is open for anyone to come up to ask questions or give the input. Um, we want to shout out to everyone in the listening lounge, as uh, Mr. Larry says. So uh, we want to give the opportunity now for those that want to come up. You may come up and let's chat about this word, this awesome word that Lady Mayberry. Uh, preach this morning as I was saying in the beginning uh, our streaming capabilities were uh, somehow interrupted um, and so we were able to uh, utilize this app for recording purposes so we still we have uh, what was preached recorded and able to download from this app. So um, 
Awesome word. Awesome word this morning. Awesome word. Awesome word. Looking forward to uh, any comments or anything that anybody want to add that's in the audience. Good afternoon, uh, Dr. Elizabeth, uh, Sister Brenda Ray, Wendy Cooper, and Harkinson. Uh, Coach Conversations, we see you. Uh, Maya Rashad, Dr. Marie, Cliff Ravenscraft, praise God, Pam Lester, Adam. I mean, I need Brasilia Moore. Brasilia Moore. Akina Kublaw. Say it again. <laughs> Akina. That's pretty. I didn't want to mess her name up. Uh, <laughs> Sabrina Bennett. Bennett. Amen. Dr. Roland. I heard her speaking on someone else's platform. Rolanda. Yeah, I heard us speaking on somebody else's platform. So it is um, some knowledgeable people here in the room. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, please chime in. It's an opportunity to come up and get in the discussion. Hey, Amen. You can go ahead and continue. I'm done. You done. You pretty strong than that today. <laughs> I just summed it up. Oh, well, don't sum it up. Preach that thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a good time at church, though. After all uh, the fiascos with the technology difficulties. Yes. Yeah. Try not to get a little discouraged, but. Yeah. The word went for. Regardless. Regardless. I think sometimes uh, sometimes the word be in-house. Yeah. Not supposed to go outside for a while. But That's exactly what I thought today. But uh, no, maybe it was just for us, you know. The word is true. It's everlasting. So if it's spoken, it's supposed to be heard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so, um, we are doing a, um, seven day, um, fast. We're doing seven days of fasting and praying for strength doing the repositioning. Cause we know that it's going to take some fasting and prayer, um, to get through the next, uh, phase that God has taken us. He's taking us to another level. And so we're going to need added strength for this journey. And um, I, I was telling them this morning, we know it's not going to be easy, but I mean, we we know we've seen Satan's tactics. We've seen his games. <laughs> He's pulled every card that he could on us. And so we I'm, know what to expect. I'm just glad you didn't call it fast like, like, uh, like, like you did last year. Right. I know. You, you went, you went fast for what, a, a year? Yeah. Over uh, eighteen months. Eighteen months with no meat. No meat. No bread. No oh, sodas. No uh, candy. No. I love hamburgers. <laughs> yeah, it that stop that caused me to stop eating meat. Uh, once I I went on a fast last year for eighteen months, and um, it caused me to just stop doing meat altogether, and um. So, I mean, I, I feel a lot better than I did before, so I noticed a, a big difference. But um, yeah, I didn't eat any and that's, drink that's, sodas. That's no definitely sweets. some repositioning right there. Yeah, because uh, uh, you're changing your diet, yeah. eating habits, and everything. Uh, I don't. I know they don't know your testimony, but I give you opportunity to share it just a moment. So. Uh, where it all came into play mm-hmm. of why you uh, were led to go on that 18 month fast. Yeah. So in 2015, um, I was having some complications with my, uh, with my breast. And so I just thought, you know, I was over 40 
and I hadn't had a mammogram or anything. So I was thinking, well, maybe I should get a mammogram and just check myself out, see what's going on. Um, I went in to get, well, actually, before I got the mammogram scheduled, I just went to a, a, a doctor that was uh, one of our uh, neighboring physicians. Um, I was working for uh, radiology associates then. And um, and I just went over to let them do a ultrasound and and just check me out. And they she checked me out first. She wrote a prescription, said, "Yeah, go on over get an ultrasound done." I did that. They they found something there, and I was thinking, well, maybe it's just like fatty tissue or something, because I'm working. I work in that field, so I see it all the time. So it never. I wasn't afraid or anything. I was just thinking, oh, they they just see fatty tissue. And um, I went in for one breast and got a got results on two. So they found lumps in both of my breasts, three lumps in each side. And so uh, my journey began that very moment. And the bad thing about it is I went by myself because I was still on the clock at work. And so my husband wasn't able to come with me for me to try to figure out, discuss what, you know, next steps and things like that. Boy, you're talking about repositioning. And um, it's like that after that day, our lives changed. So um, they scheduled me to go to see an oncologist uh, maybe like a week later. And that doctor was taking me fast. He was ready. As soon as I came in, got my examination done, everything. He, he looked at everything. Yeah. He was ready to remove he oh, I think this is the best thing for you to do. So then he sent me to another specialist um to get a second opinion at the um Moncrief Cancer Center. So my husband and I went to Moncrief Cancer Center. We had my appointment there was like three hours. They they do counseling everything. I mean, everything was amazing. I never thought I would ever see any service like this. Yeah. But um, it was amazing. Everyone was so uh, accommodating. And uh, we went in, had the follow up appointment. Um, when I left from there, I had I had my surgery date. I had the, my date to come back for reconstruction after they take the breast. You know, they have the whole reconstruction where you can come back in and and um, they were you know, give you breasts from your own skin and things like that. And I'm just like, oh my God, that was just too much for me. So I decided. No, we decided. We decided. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do what we know to do best. And that was pray. Because one thing we, our church is, is big on is intercessory prayer. So we're going to pray before we make any rational decisions, and which I think that's what you should do anyway. Um, always seek God because he has the first and the last say. So um, I was preaching. I had three women's conference lined up that same month as well. And I was like, oh, I'm just too sick. I can't go. And uh, And I had already been feeling bad. I just didn't know what was wrong. But I had those three women's conference to preach. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to go preach. I'm not going to be able to stand up and preach and this and that. And I tell you, I went to the first assignment um, to preach. And when I got there, I was so sick. And everybody was like, oh, my God, you are so little. What happened to you? And, you know, and I started gave my testimony before I started preaching. After I got through preaching, I came off the pulpit and everybody got around me, all the ministers and everybody that was there. And they prayed for me that I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have to have surgery. So I was, I believed God when we got done with prayer, but you know, it's always in the back of your mind that, okay, I believe God to do this for me. But at the same time, this is breast cancer. You know, it's like, you know, you have all these uh, different reservations on how you feel and trying to put everything in perspective. So what did what did the doctor? You skipped one part. What did the doctor tell you? Well, when, when I so when I we went back to the doctor to the oncologist, he said I told him uh, we discussed it. I said my husband and I have come to a decision. We're not going to do the breast surgery. We're going to wait because we just believe that God is going to heal me. He laughed and he said, "Okay." He said, "I tell you what, if you don't get your surgery done." This it was like my surgery was scheduled for the next two weeks. Um, he said, if you don't get the surgery done on on June twentieth, 
He said, I can guarantee you that you won't live to see December the same year. So six months later, he told me I was not going to be alive in six months. Um, and he said, and that was 2015. Yeah, that was in 2015. Mind I'm, y'all, I I'm, still I'm have my, right yeah, <laughs> I'm still here and I still have my breast. <laughs> and the doctor told me, he said, I've been doing this work. I've been practicing medicine for the last 25 years. I said, and I serve a God that's been healing, saving and setting free for the last 2000. So I said, I'm, I think I'm going to believe his report about this one before I start cutting on my body because, you know, I had already, I was diagnosed with cervical and uterine cancer uh, back in 2009 and I almost lost my life then. Um, I struggled then. I was, I was, once, once I came out of my surgery for that incident, I couldn't walk or anything. I couldn't walk for like 11 months. And then um, I started going to therapy and everything and regained my strength. But just the fact of knowing that I thought about it like this, if God brought me out that time, he'll do it again. Um, this time was more, I guess, because I'm older. I was having a hard time pulling myself out of that. Um, this go round, but God, he never fails. He was right there the whole time. And so um, I just want to encourage you always, you know, everybody has a measure of faith. Do like the the book of Jude says, contend for the faith. If you don't have, I if you don't it. think you have what you need, then the, the Bible say, build on your most holy faith. Build on it. So God, been, he's been really dealing with me about faith because, you know, when you, when you walk in this way, faith, it's hard. Faith, it's hard to, to operate um, and do things out of faith, out of something that you can't see. It's hard to walk this walk, but it's necessary. So when I um when I told him that about my breast, he said, "Okay, well I I'm gonna tell you like this: you need to get the surgery. If you don't get it, you won't live for another six months." He said, "I'll give you six months. That's if you make it." Um, so I told him, "Okay, well I said I have a couple of assignments ahead of me. I'm going to do that what God has called me to do, and then I'll come back and talk to you." at a later date and needless to say i did not um i got prayer that day i went back the wednesday prior to my surgery and um they said they wanted to do another ultrasound to see uh what what the lumps were looking like if they had moved if, if i had more or what you know whatever the case was and when i went back that wednesday y'all the lumps were gone like all six gone they didn't know where they went totally disappeared so i'm a firm believer that god can do what he wants to do he said he can do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think uh, we have not seen anything yet because um this is the kind of god that we serve and i'm i'm just i'm willing to when god done that did that for me the sec for the second time i am i am fully persuaded then I'm going all the way with God. I'm fully persuaded that nothing can separate me from the love of God because he loves me so much that he healed my body. He healed my body. And I told that doctor, I said, God died on the cross that I may live, that I may be healed. <laughs> he took everything that will ever affect me to the cross. The Bible says, we serve not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And so I'm so grateful. Okay, we have a guest joining us. All right. In two, one, let's go. Family. Hey, hey. how you doing, Brother Man, Greg? Listen, I woke up today. I'm blessed to hear this young lady speak about the, the, the miracles that God can do because, listen, who are we without God, right? That's right, cool. right. You know, I, I, I sat here as a world-class speaker but in 2017, when my big brother, Les Brown, told me, Greg, you cannot go to the World Championship Public Speaker speaking in Vancouver, Canada, because you have a sore on your foot and you're a type 1 diabetic. My doctor said I can't go. My wife told me not to go, but I went anyways. I just had my 19th surgery since 2017, and they said, Greg, you will never walk again. I just got 10 pounds of steel off my leg after five months. I slept in a hyperbaric chamber for two hours a day to save my life. And I start walking November 9th because God told me you will walk again. 
and you will help change Woo! lives. And I have. So when these people out there say, Greg, are you a believer? I'm like, am I a believer? <laughs> what, what? Have you ever seen a flower die and another one come up and it looks beautiful? Come on, right. girl. My sister, my sister, you have a testimonial. And I tell people our mess becomes our message and our message to someone is someone's medicine. So I you on the right track to not only change your lives, but to change someone's life out there. And you might not ever meet that person. But I'm telling you, girl, your words just, you know, people call me the big dreamer. Greg inspires. But you just get you just inspired me, sister, to just keep pushing even harder. So I admire you. Thank you for bringing me up as a guest. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your testimony. That blessed me. Yeah. And see, I'd be trying to push her to share it. (laughs) But she (laughs) don't want to share it. No, you you got to share it. You You got to share it. You know, it's just like, you know, I own a bunch of restaurants here in Columbus, Ohio. And Les Brown, I grew up with his kids, and he always told me I should speak. And it wasn't until age 49 when he made me join Toastmasters. And he says, young man, your message is not for you. You know, I, I hid my story, my wife and I, because I'm one of 15 children. I'm the only one to ever go past the ninth grade. Most of my brothers are locked up, one on death row. My sisters are prostitutes. My father took my, my mother's life in front of me at eight years old. So I hid, my, I hid my story. And then Les Brown one day said, young man, it's time. And that's when I went to the world championship for the second time after never speaking. I never held meetings in my restaurants before. And now it's just when he taught me that my story is not for me, it's for someone else. And people from all over the world have told me that, Greg, it's because of you that I went on, that I went on to become a nurse, a teacher, a doctor, a mother, a pastor. And that's what we have to let our story shine, girl. And you got a phenomenal testimony. Don't ever, <laughs> don't, don't ever deny people your, your testimony. Okay, I won't. Yes, sir. Thank you so Thank much. You so much. And who am I speaking to? I, I I see one name, Jermaine. Yes, sir. That's that's me. Or Jermaine. My name is Benita. Benita and Jermaine. Thank you for bringing me up. Um, we are forever connected now. Um, yes, following you. absolutely. So uh, let, let's hold more of these talks and let's get people to believe that where they are in their current circumstances has nothing to do with where they can go. And I'm a living proof. You know, Les Brown made me write my book at age 51. I don't read books. I don't even know what a verb is. And now I'm a New York Times bestselling author. New York wow. Times. Not just Amazon, New York Times. Les Brown yes. has, nine, Les has nine books and he's never done that. I was surprised. I didn't know what the New York Times was. So that's the power of that when you believe in God and you believe in the belief in God and you, that's when your life will shine. And I tell these people, Stop hating your life because your life can change. You are one handshake, one fist bump, one high five, one hello away from someone changing your life drastically. Wow. Exactly. Oh, that's yes, good. That's good. That's, that's good awesome. Stuff. Now, you're a podcaster? I'm starting a podcast, you know, because I don't have a college degree. The three things I've always had in my life was I could, you know, people called me a big dreamer, not in a good way. Um, now that's how they signed my checks. I knew I could grind every day. When I got my first restaurant in 1986, I slept in it for three years, only to leave an hour a day to see my baby girl and take a shower. And I knew I could hustle. When all my friends were saying, Greg, let's go to a Ohio State football game, I can't. I got to work at my business, man. This dude sold me a business, and I didn't put. I only put $600 down because that's all my wife and I had. And I turned that into 55 Subway restaurants and 270 taco franchises. So I, wow. knew how to, I knew how to dream, grind, hustle. So people told me, when I speak, I ask people, what do you do when you want something in life? And I turn around, the whole crowd yells, dream, grind, hustle. So people said, Greg, why don't you start a podcast called that? So I am. I have some. Uh, I have from uh, MC Hammer to Les Brown to uh, Mike Tyson to Buster Douglas. I have some big names coming. My wife and I are wow. just getting my wife and I are just getting over COVID. I got all my equipment. As soon as she lets me go down to my basement and I can walk starting November 9th, my podcast is going to be on. And listen, y'all, I don't believe in mediocrity. I don't. I'm going straight for the top. I'm going for I'm going for the Joe Button. I'm, I'm going for <laughs> Joe Rogan. Listen, yeah. people, listen, people doubted me all my life, right? Greg, you're going to be the one to make it out of 15 children? Greg, you're going to open a restaurant? You're going to open 55? Greg, you're going to write a book? You don't read books. 
Now they doubt me. What are you going to do with this podcast? I'm like, y'all doubted me. Y'all doubted wow. me. You doubt me. We need that doubt, right? Not, that's right. Wow. We need Because God's plan came to us. It didn't come to those other people. That's now, right. I hate when people say big dreamer. Listen, um, uh, big dreamer, my family don't believe in my dream. They shouldn't. God gave you the dream, not your brothers and sisters, not your cousin. <laughs> wow. Come on. God gave it to you. Stop worrying about those people. Those people will come around when you're making good money. My friends didn't even know I was in the restaurant business till 20 years later. Wow. 20 years later. And guess what? Wow. Hey, Greg, can we come see your house? Nope. Hey, Greg. Hey, Greg. Greg, can you <laughs> listen to this? Listen to this, y'all. This is payback. When I worked a job. I worked this job and it was Sodom and Gomorrah. Now I paid a lot of money when I was 19 years old, but it was literally Sodom and Gomorrah. And I remember when I was going to leave there, start my first business when that guy was going to sell me his restaurant, his subway restaurant, which was worse than Ohio. They said, Greg, mm-hmm. you ain't living. You're going to be right here with us. You watch. When I left that job, that cozy job, they called me a fool. They said, we'll see you later, loser. We'll see you later, fool. You'll be back. Well, guess what? I was back 15 years later. And they said, hey, didn't you used to work? I said, yeah, I'm delivering some subs to you guys. And they're like, wow, your boss let you drive that subway Lamborghini? I said, no, that's my Lamborghini subway. <laughs> hmm. I know, that's right. You should have, should have saw their, their jaws drop. Then I was at with my daughter and my nieces. We were at, we have the Columbus Blue Jackets hockey team here. I don't like the, the Blue Jackets. I don't like hockey, but I like arena football. So my wife and I had these six um, – um, they're, they're like a sweet chairs where you have your – I don't drink alcohol, but if you drink alcohol, if I brought friends, it was all free. Food was all free. Leather seats, TV. They're called club seats. Well, I remember I saw this girl came up to me. She used to always tell me that I ain't going to be anything, right? She came mm-hmm. to me and my daughter, my nieces. She says, Greg Walker, I thought I saw you sitting over in those luxury seats. She said, I knew that you was going to do something, boy. I knew you was going to do something. I smiled and said, yes, you did. My daughter was uh, in high school at the time. She was squeezing my hand. And she says, Dad. <laughs> Daddy, wasn't that the girl you always talk about? I said, yes. Yeah. She said, well, why didn't you tell her that what we have now? I said, it doesn't matter. She understands, baby. She sees that we're setting those $12,000 seats. That's right. Right? That's so I taught my daughter to be humble and let your success get at those people. We don't have to say, look at me. Right? That's right. We don't have to say, you think all those people are looking at um, uh, Jay-Z when he was down and out? What do you think they're saying mm-hmm. now? Right? Right. They right. wish they would. They wish they wouldn't have called him a fool. That's right. right. <laughs> so that's what we have to do. We have to. We have to believe in the dream that God gave us. We have to believe that that dream was given to us for a reason, and we can't let off that. We can't take our put our foot off the gas pedal. We got to keep it down, even when those haters come. You know, my niece said, "Uncle, I have some girls that are hating on me at school." I said, well, Casey, you ever stepped in dog poop? She said, yes. I said, where's the dog poop at? She's under my shoes. Exactly. That's where your haters are. You just keep, <laughs> that's right. You just keep, you just keep right. doing it. Right? Let them call you little Christian. Let them call you little Christian girl, right? You just keep doing right, it. Right. And where, where are they at now? Where are they right. at now? As MC Hammer said, where are y'all at now? Y'all ran your <laughs> So, brother yeah. and sister... I, I'm I'm happy to be connected with you today. Uh, it's been a great conversation. Please keep, absolutely keep doing this. I hope to see you guys again. And I'm going to start doing my own little talks once my voice gets a little bit better. And uh, any way I can help you to introduce you to anybody I know, just um, hit me up on Instagram at Greg Inspires, and I'm always willing to share people who I know. Praise okay, God. We'll do. Thank you. Do so you much. mind if we use this snippet on our podcast? Brother, you use whatever you want to use. You go to my Instagram, you can see people who I coach, like Buster Douglas, uh, uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant's coach, Jim Clemens, who has 10 NBA rings. Anybody you need me to get you a guest on, I'm with you. Gotcha. Man, praise God. That's a blessing. And please follow me on Instagram, at Greg Inspires. We got you. Greg Inspires, okay. We got you. We pulled you up. Uh, We're looking at your bio right now. I look like a fat Brad Pitt, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's, that's why I tell my girlfriend's wife. I tell my girlfriend's wife, oh, you, got a, you got a fat Brad Pitt husband. No, but if you tell oh, her, man, no. listen, my biggest accomplishment in my life is not the things I've done. It's being married to my best friend most of my life. 
that is the biggest thing because yeah. when yeah. you got that when you got that ride or die girl who when things go wrong she's behind you she's right beside you she's pushing you saying come on big dreamer we've done this right. all of our life let's go let's go that That's is right. That is a blessing. And I don't care how much money you have. When I see one of my boys and he's got all this money and, and people say, wow, I want to be like him. I want those cars. I'm like, ask his five wives. Wow. That's right. Yeah. Did you hear what yeah. I said? Five That's wives. five wives. Yeah. Right. But people think because he got a nice car that he's got it. No, he every right now, Sundays, he's sitting, smoking a cigar, drinking scotch and just crying his life away. But he got all the money in the world. Kids don't want nothing to do with him. No one wants to. He's just associated. My honey call him a friend anymore because he's so sad. So I tell uh, people, when you got a partner, when you you are truly blessed if you got a ride and die partner. Well, I guess I'm blessed. <laughs> yes, you are blessed. You ride and die. I got a ride or die right here. That's it <laughs> Listen, I've seen so many people in my life that thought the grass was greener on the other side. Right? For instance, I used to be ashamed. Five years ago, I was ashamed to tell y'all that I never touched drugs or alcohol in my life. I was ashamed. I was ashamed. But because of my friends who were alcoholics a lot of their lives, now they look at me and they say, Greg, you never touched alcohol or drugs? I said, no, I was ashamed to tell you that. They're like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So now now I'm not afraid to tell people that all my life, when someone said, Greg, you want to drink? You know, when I go to my, my meetings, my restaurants, people, I tell people if I golfed, and drank alcohol, I'd be the richest man on the planet because mm-hmm. I was offered that yep. all of my life. But I would say, no, I right. got a stomach, I got a stomach ache. I'm allergic to alcohol. I don't even know if you could be allergic to alcohol. But I used to tell people that, <laughs> right? And my wife used to say, "Greg, why are you ashamed?" I said, "I don't know." I said, "I just didn't want people to look down on me." Now all my friends who are divorced and you know ex-alcoholics, they're telling me that we are so proud of you, Greg. So yeah. I, I tell, I tell I'm people, proud of you because that's that's one of the things that that, that I struggled with alcohol and drug abuse. So and I, see, I'm definitely it's, proud of you. It's someone like you, my brother, who uh, who helped shape me, right? Because I had a lot of people older than me. You know, like I said, I grew up in an all black neighborhood, and my friends who used to be crack acts or whatever, they're the ones who saved me when I threw my baby girl out of the house because I heard she tried a beer in college, a beer. Wow. I threw my only child, my PhD daughter, out of my life because she tried a beer. And it was all my friends who used to be crack addicts, alcoholics. They came to me and told me, you go get your baby girl. You go get her right now. And I told my two friends who I used to rescue out of crack dens, right? Now they're pastors. His wife wow. pulled up. Wow. She, her wife pulled up on my driveway, poked me in my chest. I'm a big dude. I'm six foot two, 280 pounds. I played college football at University of Florida for one year. She poked my chest and she said, what the F you doing? I'm like, what you doing cussing? She said, I ain't Pastor Deborah. I'm your childhood friend, Deborah, talking to you. She said, who are you to throw your baby girl away? We used to smoke crack, Greg, and you used to come get us. I said, but y'all different. She says, exactly <laughs> we different. We ain't your child. So they mm-hmm. saved me, man. My, my daughter and I, we are so close now. She's 34, you know, uh, going to be 34. And, uh, we're actually last week on the 11th. And her, her, her husband's a great dude. But it was my friends who used to do all the bad things that saved me and my daughter. So I'm appreciative for those who did what I didn't do and talk sense into me. So I'm not ashamed to tell people that I'm drug and alcohol free. That's amazing. that's amazing. Yes, that's amazing. That's amazing. And I'm proud yeah, of and you. And we have a son. We got two kids you, like, just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm proud of you, brother, for kicking it, man. Absolutely. Thank and you. I, Thank and you. I know you can say you didn't do it all by yourself. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, uh, I, once I got arrested, because <laughs> everybody don't want to go to jail. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of folks that, that are tough in them streets, but they don't want to go to jail. And so when those doors slammed shut, I said, man, that's it. I did everything else and got away with it. Well, listen. But I have a friend. Who, I have a the friend one, the one time that that I I had a a, a drink and got pulled over for a dollar and forty something seven cent beer. That's what changed my whole life. And that's what it takes, right? Mm-hmm. I have a I have a buddy who's a pastor in California, and y'all gonna laugh when I tell you, but he got saved. He was smoking a joint, had a bucket of KFC chicken. On the on the <laughs> oven, on on the on the oven, right? 
And <laughs> he said he just, uh, he was getting high and he was had that chicken in there and just his wife said, listen, I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you with the kids. Wow. He's been a pastor for 20 years now. And he tells people, I'm not ashamed. I'm like, brother, are you sure you want to tell people? He says, yes, Greg, we have to tell our story. And he mm-hmm. said, smoke, smoking that joint with a bucket of chicken on the stove. And the stove was on cooking the chicken in the bucket. Wow. Oh, yeah. So it's- <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's good to hear those stories because people need to hear those stories. That's right. That, right. Because someone's right now. Someone's right now. One of my buddies, Kenneth Moore we went to high school together he's a big preacher here and people's like greg your little your little dude he's a he's a bad preacher i'm like he's a bad preacher well i got a call from one of my friends says greg you ain't lying man your buddy he's a poo because what he was saying was he would say how many of y'all out there uh out there coming to my church service saying y'all ain't drinking a month but i can tell you what malt liquor you drinking and then he mm-hmm. said Whoa. he said how many how many of y'all thrown that thrown that porn away thrown that alcohol that joint away out and now you hear that garbage can calling you, come get it, come get wow. it. And because he was that dude, he was yeah. that dude. Yeah. And I, and I exactly. saw him, I said, bro, I, heard, I said, brother, I heard you was offending some people. He said, Greg, if I'm not offending people as a pastor, then I ain't doing my job. That's right. Wow. He said, he said cause if the truth hurts, that's on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So brother, so keep true. telling your story. Keep telling your story. Cause these young people out here, they need to hear your story, man. They need to hear, that that just because they don't drink alcohol that they're not a punk, and that's why right. I tell people, when I when I go in to speak to inner city schools, I do it for free because I want to touch someone. And when I see these big big young men now that look like they should be linebackers in the NFL, right, and they're afraid to tell people that they have a four point oh grade point average, they're afraid to tell people that. I'm like, dude, you better stand up tall and and tell people. I had this one kid in Chicago tell me, Mr. Greg, I can't speak polite because they say I'm speaking white. I said, how about mm. this? I said, tell him you speak the language of Frederick Douglass. Right. Right. That young <laughs> man that, that young man now is a graduate of Howard University. Woo. Right? Yes, that's because a blessing. His, he, because his brothers called him, you know the, the female word for the vagina on the street. That's what his brothers called him. And I told him, wow. I said, I said, let your brothers be your brothers and you go do what your mama and your daddy raised you to do. And that's now right. And now he's Dr. Dr. Laquan. Right? Wow. Now he's out there telling people he's not ashamed that he never drank alcohol or drugs, that he believed in people. The one thing is when I when I saw him come across that that because he used to wear do rags and stuff, you know, red and blue like the Crips and Bloods. And I told him to take mm-hmm. that stuff off. That's not him. Now he's this big linebacker looking dude walking across the, the campus of Howard <laughs> and he's got a bow tie. And he looks at me and says, Mr. Greg. I said, yes, sir. He said, when are you going to put a bow tie on? I said, young man, do as I say, not as I, how I dress. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. I don't wear a bow tie. I said, you look sweet in that bow tie, but not me, brother. I'm just a T-shirt wearing dude, right? But that, <laughs> I know that's right. That's where our success lies at. And when I, yeah. can see a young, when I can see a young man like that, because people want life. No, I didn't. I see that I hear that young man all the time. I see him on social media, you know, talking to other young men, young women, telling them that there's a better way of life than what he grew up in and what I grew up in, because it really is true. It's not a cliche. Brother, if you can do it, sister, if you can do it, if I can do it right, there's someone right now who's in the hospital who someone's telling them, no, you can't beat this cancer. You ain't going to walk again. And those people and those people need to say, I'm not listening to you. Right, I'm That's not listening. Right. I'm gonna listen to God because y'all ain't God. Y'all ain't never made nothing. Right, right? So, so that's our story, brothers and sisters. We got to keep out there. We got to keep doing the good dude, the good deeds, and let people know that through Christ anything is possible. Right? right, I don't that's care. Right. I don't care how much dope you smoke, how many needles you put in your arms, how many abortions you had. Right, you you are special to God. That's right. That's right. We are all special, and that's what we have to, you know, we, listen, we serve a just God, a forgiving God. That's right. We do. We do. I do not not believe the God I serve wants to punish anyone. I believe, you know, like, we have the largest church here in Ohio, World Harvest, and people, some people to go there always think that Jesus is coming back there, and I said, you know where I think my Jesus is coming back to? He's going to go to the alumni pub. 
right? Hmm. He could go to alumni club <laughs> and he's gonna put his arm around around Jake and Samantha. Say, come on, y'all. Y'all got kids at home. Come on, let's go home. Let, let's put this bottle down. Let's go, let's go hug your family. That's the Jesus I know, right? Because Jesus came, yes. he came here for us. That's he right. right. He wanted to tell us that there's a better life out there, that there's someone out there for us, a spouse, a kid that needs to be adopted, something. So Y'all, thank you. Y'all blessed me today. Oh, man. You blessed, you blessed us. us. <laughs> you blessed us. And see how I was just on this app listening, and I heard you, sister, and I thought, whoa, listen to her speak. Because we all think, and I tell people this, you know, someone says, Greg, uh, one of my young friends in California, he's a um, uh, po he does poetry. And when he first started out a couple years ago, he, he said, Greg, I'm not going to do my Facebook Live poetry anymore. I said, Why? He said, because I only had two people. I said, Jordan, I'll come from Columbus, uh, Island, California, and I will smack you if you stop doing your poetry. <laughs> I said, because here's the deal. How do you know that one person didn't know Oprah Winfrey? Wow. Exactly. How do you know that? It only takes one. People say, Greg, how did you open all those restaurants one at a time? Greg, how did you start speaking to people? A couple of people at a time. And if we understand, you know, like people say, well, I only have 20 followers. Well, most speakers starting out, they don't even get 20 people in a room to speak to. So that I tell people when you only have a couple of followers, thank God you have a couple of followers because you don't know who they know. That's right. 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 So true. So I'm blessed by uh, I got to go in here. My yeah. voice is getting sore. Where are y'all from? We're from Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth, Texas. Wow. I've been to Austin, Texas. In University oh. of Texas, there. Yeah, we're just yeah, west, I, west of Dallas. Okay, my daughter's uh, thinking about going to Dallas and Pennsylvania because her husband's an engineer and now he wants to be a a um, chiropractor. So we're praying that they go to Kentucky instead, so they'd be closer. But if it's Dallas, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's yes, right. Well, y'all follow me. Send me a DM anytime. Let's have some. Anytime you want to have a talk, just invite me on, and I'll come on here. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely. God and bless remember, you. If there's any, God bless me today by meeting y'all two. If there's anything in life that you want, all you got to do is dream, grind, and hustle. Because I truly believe we are all too small, too big to dream small. Peace from Columbus, Ohio. Oh, oh. God bless you. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Man. God bless you, man. How do I hang up? I think it's a <laughs> it's a uh, a thing at the bottom that should say leave or something like that. Oh, I see it. Peace, y'all. All right, All right. peace. <laughs> Man, that was awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. What a testimony! He had a great testimony. Right, right. Oh my goodness! See, God is in the you didn't want to get on here. No, I wasn't going to. <laughs> But yeah. that's just that's confirmation that you know uh, we should always say you know give our testimonies. Give He's right testimony. about that because you don't never know who you who who you're helping. You know, right? And the last thing that he said about uh, remember I said just earlier on the way home from church, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't going to put nothing else on, back on YouTube or anything. So. Because it's just a few people on there. Right. See, he said it just takes that one person to know the right person. Right. So I don't, that I don't like just... putting junk up. If it don't look right, I'm not putting it up. <laughs> and this is great confirmation, though. Yeah, that was. That's one word. thing I love about God. He always comes to confirm what He's told us, but we we overlooked or act like we didn't hear it. But He always bring it back, right? To say, I know you heard what I said, but let me just send somebody else to tell you that was awesome. Mm. I've already followed Him. <laughs> I don't know how to do it while I'm on there. Well, don't hang up yet. Because um, I might, I might mess something up. Yeah. So. Anybody else want to come up and chat with us? Come on up. Shout out to everybody in the room. I do not want to mess up nobody's name. Mm -hmm. So we want to see. Let's see. Here you go. Here you go. Shout out to Kim Espinas, Lakeisha Ashford, Renee Bigelow. The Hungry Medium, Priscilla, I like that, Lovely, Lovely Andron, Amanda Otinio, 
Chris Bivens, Paul Holbrook, Marion O'Quan. We're going to call you Marion O. <laughs> Shout out to Marion O. Fecon Nadia. Fecon Nadia. Fred G. Glad Amen. to have y'all in the building. There's so many other people. Glad yeah, to have y'all in the building. Yeah, if anybody want to come up, come on up and chat with us. Um, uh, <clears throat> I enjoyed Greg, his testimony. Yeah, that was awesome. He is such an inspiration. We looked him up while he was talking. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he is on the move. He is not playing. You want to give a recap on your message? No. No, not really. <laughs> so you didn't preach well, twice. Uh, so he he came up, guys. For those of you that are just joining us, um, because I was talking about um, the message that I preached this morning at church, um, entitled "Repositioning," and I was saying how sometimes we can get so caught up on God taking us a different way. You know, we always have a way that we think we should go. You know, we always we have the plans written down. We know from A to Z what we want to do, but we have to consider what God has for for us, um, because no matter what, you know, um, I was saying before that it's kind of like a GPS, even though we may, you know, drive with the GPS. If you miss your turn, the first thing she said is she says to you is rerouting. Well, once you start rerouting you, it doesn't keep you from getting to your planned destination, but it'll, it gets you off course. Now you have to go back. She's, she's going to reroute you. You may come run into a wreck. Um, it might, you may run into construction. Anything could happen when you get off from where God has you then you you start seeing things happening and then uh we kind of started just sharing our testimonies of me having breast cancer and cervical and uterine cancer that whole journey with that was such um it brought me to such a low place um even though i was a preacher and everything i was preaching women's conferences big women's conferences everywhere and i it still brought me to a low place and um and god just he 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 healed me and um, I'm I'm back in there. It's like it never happened. Even though the doctor gave me six months to live, it's been um, since 2015. He told me I was gonna die by December of 2015, and I'm still here, y'all. Still, still here. And I did not have the surgery to remove my breast at all. Um, I prayed, I fast, and I went on an 18 month fast, and I didn't eat any meats. No, uh, no candy, no sodas, just water, fruits and vegetables. That's it. That's what God told me to do. Water, fruits and vegetables. And I went on that fast for 18 months. And I tell you, I came out whole. <laughs> Talking about um, the woman with the issue of blood. <laughs> I felt her. I felt her pain. Um, because even though I was desperate, I was in a desperate situation. And, you know, I, I have children and uh, I have grandchildren and I did not I couldn't um, see myself leaving my family, my husband behind. And so I said, let me um, activate my faith. I mean, let me see. Let me go back to the drawing board. Let me get on my face and lay out before God and see what God desires for me to do. And so I know that God is still in the healing business. I, I said this morning uh, when I was speaking that church is not the way church used to be when I was growing up. You know, we had a sure foundation. Um, they had principles and, and, it, and we understood that there was a standard for us to live by. And it's like now church, anything goes in the church, you know. And so we have to get back to those standards and those principles that, that God laid out for us um, from the beginning and then live by them. He did tell us he gave all of us a measure of faith. But after that, you have to build on your most holy faith. You have to fight to increase their faith. And so that's where I am now. And um, I'm, I'm blessing God every opportunity I get. I thank him so much for healing me because he didn't have to do it. Um, God has really been faithful and he has been kind. He has definitely expressed his love and kindness towards me. And so I cannot help but to sell out to him because he has been so faithful to me. 
Um, and I know I'm not the only one that God has been faithful to because um, I know my husband and I both, we have uh, testimonies where God has brought us from. Uh, uh, Mr. Greg came up and he gave us his testimony, awesome testimony. Um, and when you see awesome that God has done something like this for you and not just for you, but for other people, I'm I'm aware. I believe that that we serve a God who is still in the business of miracle signs and wonders. He's still working miracles. God is still opening doors. He is yet making ways. Guess what? And if he don't do it, it does not mean that he cannot. <laughs> it doesn't mean that he can't do it. It just means that it wasn't for you at that moment. But I'm I'm a. I'm a believer. I am confident in this is that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. So God has activated that power inside of me. He has activated my faith. And since then, I've been on the run. <laughs> I've been on the run. Well, let's run on. Run on. Let's keep running. Keep, keep running. Keep running. That 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 was definitely some encouragement. Yes. Definitely encouragement. Yeah. Well, I I believe it's uh it's time to go. It's time to go watch the cowboy. All right. Let's go watch the cowboy. Big patrons. <laughs> How about that? Yes. Let's go do that. You wanna pray for the people? I sure will. Let's pray for the people. Lord, we just thank you, God, for who you are. Lord, we thank you for your love, for your tender mercy, your grace, God, that is sufficient for each and every one of us. God, we understand that it's because of your mercies, God, that we were not consumed on today, God. But every morning, your mercies are made new for us. God, we thank you for every person that joined in on tonight. God, we thank you for every person that listened. God, we just honor you. We magnify you for who you are in our lives, God. We thank you for what you're about to do, God, for the doors that you're going to open. And God, we just pray for every family represented, every child. God, we just thank you for them, even now, God, for even having an ear to hear. We bless you for them, even now, God. In Jesus' name we Jesus. pray. Amen. 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 Y'all can keep in contact with us. Follow us on Instagram. Um, that's what we got. Instagram. Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Podcast. Podcast is The Preacher's Corner. You can find that on www.thepreacherscorner.net. And uh, we do uploads daily on there. All right. We're out of here. God bless you. You're listening to The Preacher's Corner, brought to you by In House Productions with your host, Pastor JT. And Lady Fanita, you can listen to this podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. This is an in-house production.